0: How is everybody doing today? Thank you for joining me, and thank you to my guest, Dr. Ben Tapper, for joining me. It's, it is an absolute pleasure. Um, this, this one is not necessarily fitness-related because I do talk a lot about fitness, but I kind of think it is, as we'll probably get into discussing how the level of public health, to me, uh, in the country plays a huge role in public health response, and that's just kind of common sense. But uh, Dr. Tapper, at the beginning of the pandemic, you were a very outspoken advocate for many things such as uh, you know against lockdowns or like that let's walk back a couple years to early 2020 and your thought process on how everything went
1: so you know basically i always uh, i like to kind of go back from the beginning to the beginning so when i was even a young uh whippersnapper you know my dad would uh, speak out against the vaccine industry in his office and kind of educate his patients on the corruption uh, with vaccinations in, in that in, in that regard um and so we kind of passed that baton on to me at an early age and you know I would educate I would do influenza workshops I would do full workshops with uh patients and I would put on seminars and you know and, and I was very much in the how do you say it uh I, I kept a keen eye in the political realm back in 2010 I listened to a uh, a speech of uh by Ron Paul that talked about the Spanish flu or not Spanish flu? I'm sorry the swine flu He talked about how, hey, don't buy in the media. They're trying to push all this swine flu vaccine. He's like, I'm old enough to remember the swine flu scare in the 50s or with the 70s when they pushed all this nonsense. And, you know, 50 Mm -hmm. people died and they pulled the swine flu vaccine off the market. And so, you know, I really like this guy. You you know, he's an MD. He's for president. So I campaigned for Ron Paul. And my eyes were really opened to a lot of different things thanks to him and his message and what he would talk about. But, you know, I kept a keen eye on all this legislation. Uh, A lot of the draconian bills that were coming our way, like bills like SB 277, SB 276, that take away your rights and freedoms to, um, you know, refuse a pharmaceutical product. And really, in a free society, we shouldn't have to have, uh, you know, permission to refuse a pharmaceutical product. It's comical to me that, so, oh, I need someone's permission to say no to this. No, thank you. And then you have these crazy tyrants that say, oh, you know, well, your freedom's um, you can't, you know, they, they if you're unvaccinated, they think that we're infringing on their freedom somehow because of the vaccine mm-hmm. ideology is that you're going to get everybody sick if you're unvaccinated. Well, if your vaccine works, doesn't that mean that you're protected and you're safe? So exactly. let, me, let me just live my life and uh, leave me alone. But, you know, they are in this fear mode, this fear mongering mode, this mindset that the unvaccinated are causing disease. And you see that over and over and over and they're using legislation in their favor to really hinder and penalize those that refuse vaccinations, and that's kind of where we make our stand. But you know, backing up to the, the or to your question, we we would see um, massive uh, corruption with data. Uh, that's where I kind of fit in there. The national vital reporting system for the CDC, which is a subdivision of the CDC. They were manipulating data. And it's comical to me because like the influenza just up and disappeared. And that's the area where I would talk about. It. I would say, look, they're manipulating data. This is prior to crony baloney. We're talking mm-hmm. like, hey, they, they would manipulate the data to show, you know, to prop up the numbers to push the influenza vaccine and say it's a bigger mm-hmm. killer than what it really is. And so I would show and educate the people and the masses on this, because every um, all the deaths occurred uh, with comorbidities. They would, uh, 90% of the deaths are on the elderly. They're on 13 plus medications. Mm-hmm. There's, mm-hmm. they combine those numbers with bacterial and viral pneumonia, but they don't wanna talk about that. And so, uh, and so we, you know, in 2019 is when really things were getting really heated. We just sensed that something big was coming our way. We had the advisory committee for uh, immunization practices. The ACIP, they would, they stated that they can't force vaccinate, but they can force compliance. Okay. And then you have- Which is crazy.
0: The, it's the same thing.
1: It's the same thing. It's the same yeah. song and dance. And then you have the World mm. Health Organization. They stated that um, you know the greatest threat to the world health are, are those who refuse vaccinations or question it. And, uh, and so in 2019, the sem, uh, in the fall, I held a seminar and I said, some of the bigs coming our way. We need to be proactive in this fight. And, and then in January, I said, "This is it. This is the Trojan horse to, that's leading up to this. Uh, we, uh, this is they're going to, you know, use this." And excuse me, it's like a problem, reaction, solution. They created the problem. They get the people to react by using the media, and then the solution is to have the government step in and provide the answer. And so that's kind of the synopsis of leading up to the, the pandemic, but uh, we we're very much active and vocal. Like you said, we saw this coming a mile away and we mm-hmm. weren't taken back. I was not afraid of this whole thing. No, um, me either. Right. And so that's the thing too. I, that's why I said this is psychological warfare because it's criminal when you have two, um, you know, when you have the media telling everybody that they're going to die, you have the death count constantly. I was on a, uh, out to dinner with my wife on a date and it was, you know, bittersweet. Like I have four, four spider monkeys at home and yeah. and it's tough to get out and and we were at the you know getting sushi and it, they had all these TVs constantly and it's just like you know it wasn't really enjoyable because it was just this death count fear-mongering being pushed on the people and to me in my spirit I'm like this is just so evil that's just yes. you know what I mean because I was taught that fear is the fire that fuels the furnace of disease and when they are weaponizing the media, scaring people, I think that should be uh, a, it's a, it should be against the law. Well, it's completely against public health, normal public
0: health policy. Also, normal public health policy is to get people not to not to panic because anxiety and stress is an actual comorbidity. Like, I mean, it's it, people it's amazing how people were watching fear porn nonstop for months in 2020 and not realize like it actually is against public health policy. The idea is that public health should tell us what the statistics are, what your chances are, and then go on from there. I'm a I'm a big advocate that the government overstepped even with possible mandates. There should never be a time when uh, when the government can tell you to stay in. It's completely unconstitutional. They don't have the actual constitutional authority to do these things. But you were talking about the numbers and how they were skewing the numbers. One of the things I found very telling, because I totally I I completely agree that the numbers were being completely skewed, right? But even by the numbers they were giving, I was just like, why are we destroying the country, even the numbers you're giving? We very clearly knew in January that it was elderly and mostly obese people that that were having problems. So not only did we fail public health by by, by, by basically quarantining healthy people and making them less healthy, which it absolutely does. But... It was one of the biggest missteps in public health policy and opportunity ever. We have a very serious issue with metabolic disease in America, and it would have been a perfect opportunity to be like, look, here's now is the time for everybody to get out, go running, watch what you eat, get to Whole Foods. And not only was it not talked about, it was almost like you were demonized when you spoke about it. I have had videos taken off of this platform in 2020 for saying it's time to get healthy because- the people that are dying from this are the people that normally do the dying the very elderly and the
1: very obese you know 100 so percent. i agree it created the soil uh, for truth to be rich you know what i mean yes. and that's the thing you know and that it, that go, it, it shines light on a couple different areas a how deadly obesity and poor lifestyles really are i mean 80 mm-hmm. percent of americans are suffering with chronic disease associated with poor lifestyle choices and it's mm-hmm. like, absolutely, let's focus on healthy lifestyle choices. Let's focus on an epigenetic wellness model and get people well. instead of just focus on the disease model. There's nothing you can do to stay at home, eat your Doritos, get your free donuts, your free beer, and just wait till the vaccine comes around. I mean, how stupid can we be? That's just, you know, it goes the saying I've said this 100,000 times, but, you know, the quote out there, if, if the people let the government decide what foods they eat, what medicines they take, their bodies will soon be in a sorry state as those souls who live under tyranny it's like we cannot trust the government they do not care about your health pharma has no integrity big pharma Mm -hmm. they do not care about your health there's a time and place for medicine there's a time it can be life-saving but think of the healthiest person you know how many medications are they on really and arguably how many vaccines are they on? i mean i some of the healthiest people i know are not vaccinated and they don't take any pharmaceuticals they focus on eating well moving well thinking well praying well, relating well, and guess what? They can be well, and your body's ability to be well, to heal itself is far greater than our government. Fauci, Bill Gates has permitted us to believe. As long as we give the body what it needs and move well, think well, eat well, those are the keys, the fundamental pillars of health, and that's what's going to get us well. But the problem is Big Pharma wants to convince us that there's nothing we can do. We right. have to, The body's inherently flawed, deficient, and weak, uh, and so we. that's why we need all these vaccinations, inoculations, and pharmaceuticals to get the body well. No, no, no. Your body is designed to be well, to heal, and the only thing any physician can do for a patient is to remove the obstruction to healing, thus facilitating it, and that's that's what it's all about.
0: So, and I completely, 100% agree. One of the things I found, cra- like the most crazy, in April, I started sharing on, on my uh, Twitter, the actual report from New York city, New York city was giving a new report every single day of people that the age brackets of people that died of COVID and they broke it up into people with comorbidities and no comorbidities. Right. And it's very clear when you have after a month of circulation, which is ridiculous to think that it was only circulating for a month. Like this, this virus was in the United States in probably mid to early fall of 2019. But the, ridiculousness of it is I'm showing these, I was showing these statistics. There's a hundred people that have passed away, mostly elderly with no comorbidities, right? No children under the age of 18 have passed away uh, without comorbidities and only like two with comorbidities passed away. So it's very clearly what the data has always said it was. It was a virus that was like, every other upper respiratory virus, harder on elderly people and morbidly obese people, people with metabolic disorder or cancer survivors, those sorts of things. And I just found it amazing that the incredible effort, like coordinated effort between social media, mainstream media, and the government to suppress that sort of language. Like I I have never seen anything like it. And I say some I say some crazy, wild shit. I, I really do. Like, I mean, I, I I have no problem stating my opinions on any anything at all. But I've never seen anything like that where people literally, viscerally, people were sending me death threats. But also, I you couldn't say it without it being deleted off of social media. Right. And to me, that type of coordination means a consorted effort of. Many, many branches like this was a very serious concerted effort to strip freedom away as far as I'm concerned
1: well, uh, in the guise of public health. Well, 100 percent. I mean, you, you got to, early on. I posted a, you know, it was in February or March of the pandemic. I think it was right around the time when Trump deemed it a national emergency. I was sure. talking about I posted articles because I had all these articles in this in my arsenal about, you know, influenza. And I said, listen, I said, this is no different um, than influenza when it comes to the death count or death rate. I said, this is the common denominator against comorbidities, but also a deficiency in vitamin D. And, yes. I went, and I posted that and I got taken off social media just for that post. But again, you know, it, this, this was done with military precision. This it wasn't yes. a This is what I've called the pandemic. But even when it comes to censoring silencing, You know, George Martin said, if you cut out a man's tongue, you don't prove him a liar, but you are fearful of what he might say. And early on in the pandemic, they took us out and I got contacted by a federal judge here. um, And, you know, we're in a lawsuit against the TNI, which is the Trust News Initiative, uh, with Bobby Kennedy and and a few others that we we just um, filed it in January to kind of fight back because they government colluded with social media Mm -hmm. to silence me and Bobby Kennedy, and, you know, the so-called disinformation dozen, uh, and a few others that were very vocal, kind of the tip of the spear against this pandemic, and they were trying to silence our voices, and so how many lives were affected by silencing us, that all we were doing is trying to bring the truth to the people, all we were doing is trying to, you know, bring awareness, and in my area, I was trying to bring hope uh, to people, and hope is the most powerful drug there is, Mm -hmm. because When you tell people, I always look at, I always use the illustration of two groups. If you have group A and group B, and they both have a common cold. Group A, you tell them that they're gonna be just fine, that you have the doctors tell them, just go home, rest up, take care of your body, get some rest and drink a lot of fluids, you'll be just fine. Okay, And then you have group B, excuse me, you tell them, their family, their friends, that they're gonna die, there's nothing they can do, stay at home, wear a mask, don't touch anything you know, and, and stay six feet away and use the, the tactics that they used. Who's going to have better outcomes group A or group B. Right. And that's the thing, you know, and I have articles from the Spanish flu that was actually written. Oh, this guy, uh, this guy right behind me, BJ, he wrote an article a hundred years ago during the Spanish flu. And it was titled a few fearful physicians force funny flu frivolates for a few frenzied folks. Um, it's kind of a tongue twister, but he wrote an article that talked about the Spanish flu. And how they're weaponizing the common cold to push an experimental influenza vaccine right dude you fast forward 100 years ago and it's the same song and dance bj wrote uh in his in the article does a hog fence keep out mosquitoes in reference to the mask and he, it, you, if you read the article, you think it was written in today's time. And this yeah. is the problem. We are being duped. History is repeating itself. Abraham Lincoln said those that don't remember history are going to be doomed to repeat it. And we are repeating history. It's I, I completely uh, believe, and not only that, but the weird thing is
0: our public health officials can be completely contradictory to, the, to previous statements. Fauci, on many occasions, like you can see video of him saying masks don't work. And then now... Uh, or fast forward to six months, he's like, well, double masking makes sense. Like double masking. Are you like, right,
1: dude, are you going punch that dude in the nose? Can I say it? So,
0: yes, you can say anything the fuck you want, doctor, yeah, good, good. Uh, on my channel. You can say anything you want. Good. But there is that like I can I, I wish like I could ask questions to, to get follow up, you know, from any public health official that stated these things, such as. Why did we send college kids home? If it was so deadly, why would we not have them shelter in place so they don't spread it to their around the country? Right. Like, why, you know, why and inf- why? Are, why did we tell people to stay out of the sun when it is known that vitamin D is good for upper respiratory viruses and just the immune system in general? Right. Um, sure. You know, obesity wasn't even spoken about at all. Like, and I mean, at all when inf- obesity is a constant state of inflammation. There's that uh, helps avoid the cytokine storms. It's one of the things where when you take a look back from I, I, I often think about the last three years and I take a look back and like they were trying to kill people at the beginning of this to 100. get the death count up. When you look at like and I was in I did a lot with long term care in my, in my previous life. What we did in long term care in 2020 was actually illegal before 2020. Like if I was a host, I've we fired people for stuff like this for my, at my old job. But if I was an administrator and I knowingly accepted or even not me my director of nursing accepted a contagious patient with with a dangerous pathogen to the population i could face charges if, the, if anybody dies because i have in fact endangered everybody but then we made it policy like to in many states for positive uh people testing positive would get put back into long-term cares and then we're wondering why long-term care homes are just being wiped out like Norovirus can wipe out a long, long-term care home. This is like this is a very common thing that happens in that industry. But then you look at it even a little deeper. Things that aren't even mentioned anymore at all that have been completely memory hold. Ventilators, like there was huge arguments about we need more ventilators. We need more ventilators. We know they were killing people with ventilators, and that's not even discussed. How does public health? How does the healthcare industry? In any way, come back
1: from this, or can they? I mean, we have to shift the weight from these government agencies when it comes to healthcare. We need to go back to, to, the, to the practicing physicians instead of these administrative physicians. These top-down protocols that are pushed down by Fauci and the government. Again, I mean, we know Remdesivir. They knew exactly the history of Remdesivir and the track record okay. with renal failure. The protocols were killing people. It wasn't the It wasn't the virus. And again, that's another thing too. The virus. I mean, I, you know, I didn't wear a mask. I was in every every violation during practice. I saw 300 patients a week. I came in close proximity with every patient, and you know, I'd always ask a question: How many people do I have to see and lay my hands on before the whole contagion claim is mathematically impossible? Right. You know, my patients. They, I got a lot of flacks for saying. Oh, I would tell patients, "Oh, you got COVID? Come in and get adjusted." I would say, "Do these things," and you know, and people are like, "Oh my goodness, did you literally say that?" And I'm like, "You know what? I have been seeing these sick people. I'm not afraid. I don't get sick. I haven't been sick." And it's like, you know, that raises the question, what am I doing right? And what are they doing wrong? Right. You know, and and so back to the public health, though, we need to shift the paradigm away from this sickness, sickness model Mm -hmm. and into an epigenetic wellness model and everything Mm -hmm. will change. You know, we need to allow other doctors of the field to sit at the table and stop putting these doctors uh, on pedestals. And, you know, just trusting the government, and these three letter organizations when it comes to our health, they don't care about your health. They care about the agendas and they care about the almighty dollar. I view healthcare as a ministry and we should get back to that. The roots of healthcare is who are here to serve and get people well. I, I, I completely
0: agree. I just I, I don't know. Like we would have to even all of the accrediting agencies are just massively corrupt with pharmaceutical dollars. Uh, just massively, massively corrupt. I believe, uh, I, I honestly believe that re, in reality seeking that it was, the the vaccine was the actual goal. Uh,
1: why do you think that is? Well, look at the, you know, the vaccine compensation act of 86. Um, you know, anything that was, I mean... The, the government passed that law, Reagan signed it into law, and then basically pharmaceutical lobbyists perverted it and kind of you get the VAERS system that got established. But you got, um, you know, they, the, the Vaccine Compensation Act of 86 prevented pharmaceutical companies from having any liability with vaccines. So they can just have as many vaccines as they want on the market. You know, that's why we have this, this explosion of vaccinations on the, on the childhood schedule. But their goal is to get that vaccine on the childhood schedule. And so they needed the emergency authorization used to be implemented and they that's why they uh you know they came down hard on any other therapeutic or any other modality um Mm -hmm. they silenced our voices because if they could prove that there was a uh you know a beneficial therapy or therapeutic or modality that helped in this then the vaccine would would lose its uh you know weight and so they had to just basically condemn any other treatments and, and just push the vaccine through and excuse me, and then get on the childhood schedule because once they get on the schedule, there's no liability. And that's the problem. It's, and, you know, we can go down the deeper rabbit holes here and really kind of the conspiracy side of things, yeah. but you know, I, this vaccine uses different technology, it's mRNA technology. And really, uh, if you follow me on Telegram, I don't, I don't shy away from the things um, about that and my thoughts on it. You know, I don't have like solid 100% proof that um, it's CRISPR-Cas9 technology, but I really, really lean towards, it really looks, there's a lot of parallels to the CRISPR-Cas9 technology, which is altering genome, not just the epigenetic genetic expression, but it's actually altering genome. They're playing God with our genomes, and that's very scary. Well, if you follow along the
0: pathway of uh, like Monsanto for soybeans, I know it sound this is going to sound messed up crazy, right? But Monsanto has, uh, they have patented life. They've patented soybeans, right? Their own genetic version. And if any single uh, field next to it gets cross-pollinated, it ha- it, they have it so it gets that code, and then they own that crop too, right? Technically, if your genetics change from being human, do you have rights? You know, right. like, and do they own you? And people can, and anybody that's saying that that might be far fetched, look at the last three years, motherfuckers, and tell me how far fetched it is. Because we literally had people, uh, you know, demonizing ivermectin, calling it horse paste, been used for 60 years safely, won a Nobel Peace Prize, like so many ridiculous things have happened. And right now we're even in the discussion because we have allowed so much crazy stuff to happen. And I do believe that the media is using all different sort of news stories to keep people away from having this, these types of discussions about what the fuck happened during the pandemic and how they basically tried to enslave us. Um, so like we're, we're arguing over whether like, like, like men are women and women are men, when we I, should be talking about like, Hey, the government tried to, they, they, went for it. You know, they
1: absolutely went for it. Dude. So we got to talk. I think we're brothers from a different mother or same mother, or <laughs> mother, but it's like, you know, we got a lot to talk about because a, you know, I do believe this is a genetic war. I think this is a spiritual warfare. We are in absolute spiritual warfare more than ever before. They are coming after the gen- the genomes, the genetics. They're trying to alter that. There, that is absolutely no question. Look up spider goat. Have you ever heard of the spider goat? This is what this is a, the power of the CRISPR-Cas9 technology. They take the spider goat. They mix the spot the goat with a um the 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 genetics of a spider using the cas9 which is a spike the spike protein right Mm -hmm. that splices the genome that splices in the genome and they alter in the genetics of the spider to the the, to the goat well the offspring of the goat now it it produces milk right but the milk Mm -hmm. is not milk it's the proteins from the spider web and they're creating they're creating this um this product that's 90 times stronger than steel—it's like a bulletproof skin—and this is the power. It sounds really cool, but what if it, what if they're going to do that with the body? You know, all these vaccines are going to be mRNA. They're trying to alter our food with mRNA, like you said, Monsanto. I mean, one another evil industry. I mean, and there, you know, this is all about control. Control the people. And those who control the oil control the economy they'll control the food control the people and if they can go one step further and actually alter the genomes and own that i don't doubt that for a second i think right. i think satan's behind all of this stuff and it's i mean it's evil as can be and uh it's a reality that we have to to face and it's a hard pill for people to swallow i mean let alone like people that have such cognitive dissonance when it comes to the vaccines like listen oh vaccines can be bad what about polio you know, and it's like, well, we have to kind of go into the history of it. There's a book out there I recommend called Moth in the Iron Lung. It's a phenomenal read. It's written by a medical historian talking about the history of polio and really what came about and what what the cause was. And in history, the medical world, if they don't understand what a, vi- or uh, you know, the cause of a disease is, they always blame it on a virus. Oh, right. Like, you know, like scurvy. Scurvy used to be blamed on a virus. Then we, we proved that it was a vitamin C deficiency.
0: So. You know, when we're talking about that, everybody, like for those of you that don't know, most of the polio that is actually like going around in the world right now is vaccine derived polio. Like people, are, yeah, people are getting polio from there. Like that's my, my thing. The, the weird thing about the about the vaccine and it's still being pushed and it was, it was pushed by Trump, Biden, everybody, like the whole upper echelon. There was never even just justification for like a state of emergency. This was a normal this was a relatively normal flu season with a new strain that was likely going to be a little bit more a little bit more uh, problematic for people. I mean, that's why that's why I was my biggest resistance was it being lab created. I was like, why would they create something so fucking weak in the lab? You know, like I mean, like like if it if if they were intended on having a world killer, you know, they could do it. right? Right. But. Obviously, then I was like, oh, the vaccine. That's why they wanted to make sure we all oh, we wanted to take the vaccine. Mm-hmm. And uh, if anything, we created more unhealthy people. And it's I, I, I did a video not too long ago. Like it's this public health has failed. We are at a stage right now where we literally just closed down to avoid a cold and our actual uh, estimate life estimate, like the estimated estimated life expectancy has gone down. So in 40 years with increased massive technology, increased massive knowledge, more knowledge about the human body and surgery and medications and all that, we have somehow managed to create a population that is 80% metabolically dysfunctional at at the least. And I mean, that's at the least. Um, And the population, we were 42.5% as of 2018 numbers. I have a hard time believing that we are not well over 50% obesity in America. Uh, it just doesn't look that way because people are so used to seeing fat people that they don't realize how fat people are, and we now have a, a a state where the actual life expectancy is going down. Our public health officials and our healthcare industry are failures, and people are not even talking about it. It's still a matter of we need to protect the hospital system, and that was another thing too. Like you know, you know hospital numbers the way I do, I, I, admissions and census. When they were trying freaking out, like. They're ninety-five percent full in their ICU, like fucking good. They're, you know, I mean, I've fired administrators for getting under ninety for too long. You know, like they're all made to run at ninety-five to they 100%. percent they They're always, they're always
1: ninety-plus percent, exactly. Yeah. Nothing to yeah. fear. They're using that to just scare the people again. Right. So. So what from your
0: from your research looking into the 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 jab. To, for people that say it's perfectly safe, it's just ridiculously, like, that's moronic almost. We have people dying. There's t- tons of people that have uh, that have gotten vaccine injured. How do you think? Like, where do you think their next step is? Because I think that they're, they realize that the COVID narrative has worn its way out, and if they keep pushing on it, it's all it's doing is bringing up more people that are in resistance now. Um, a lot of people don't even want to admit it. But a lot of people are very angry that they were coerced into taking into taking this, especially people that got hurt by it. Where do
1: you think they go with all this next? Well, there needs to be justice here. A, I think Fauci needs to be on trial. We need to call for an investigation um, into our the Biden administration. I mean, the government, the all, all this stuff. People need to be on trial. There needs to be justice here. I mean, it is absolutely criminal how we treated our military men our, and women. Um, You know, they should, those, A, we use our uh, military men and women as guinea pigs for these, all these damn vaccines in the first place, the anthrax, everything else. And they just, you know, that in itself uh, needs to stop. Uh, And so these people need to be on trial and, you know, going forward from here, we need men and women to be bold more now than ever before, to fight Mm -hmm. against tyranny, to stand up and say enough's enough and to fight off this whole system because, and we need to take the reins of this mess, you know, and really focus on lifestyle acquired uh, care, wellness care, and getting away from this sickness, vaccine, pharmaceutical induced model. You know, there's a time and place for surgery. There's a time and place for pharmaceuticals. And there's, and a lot of these doctors and physicians, and nurses in the allopathic world, they are experts in emergency care, like crisis care. Like if if I got a blood gushing out of me, Mm -hmm. but not when it comes to wellness and preventative, these people say, well, this isn't your area or your scope of practice, Doc. And I said, I beg to differ. I said, yeah. this is my scope of practice. And they're forcing infringing upon their ideologies of my scope of my paradigm. And I'm defending my paradigm. And I, you know, we're trying to fight for this paradigm with everything we have before they monopolize it and gobble it up and and, and change it. Because true health is right now is 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 a it's an endangered species. We need to to fight for true health. And be bold about it because it's it's on the fringe of uh, we're about on the fringe of losing it.
0: I agree. We are we are at a very serious tipping point. I talk fairly often about uh, you know about stuff like that where we need to very much as people hold ourselves accountable and avoid the healthcare system at all human human possible costs. The the numbers on the CDC website, their own numbers, list off a little over four like 4.1 trillion dollars in total health care burden in a court in a year in america which is just an astronomical number and when you do the math that they list off themselves it's somewhere around 3.1 trillion dollars just in lifestyle driven chronic illnesses that could be avoided through lifestyle change and i i i when i cite these things i often get what you got like well you're like like i get well you're not a doctor well tell me what i'm wrong about like, I get, like I I may not be a doctor, but I'm a pretty smart guy. And I mean, my doctors, like we we literally have 40% of my wife's clientele in mine for to help with weight loss and to help with lifestyle are doctors and nurses. Like they, most doctors know fuck all about health. Like they they know how to treat sickness, but they don't know how to keep people healthy. Most of them are unhealthy to begin with themselves. Right. Mm -hmm. And I just think that, uh, I agree with you that we need to put people on trial for these things. I just find it where. I I don't see I don't I don't know the next steps to make that happen because they are just they are memory holding everything. Fauci retired. He's going to be out there. They're not going to talk about him on the mainstream news. As long as they don't talk about him on the mainstream news, people are going to forget because people people will move on to aliens or trans kids or everything like that. When I understand that all those things are massively important, but we are at such an incredibly leveraged state of political of, of, of public health. People don't seem to realize that like 80% of the population having a metabolic disorder is incredibly leveraged and incredibly weak for society. Not only is it uh, a matter of national security for us not to be able to put enough healthy people into our militaries, but at any given time, if the lights were to go out for like a month or say China and Russia would stop sending the raw products for most of the pharmaceuticals that we produce, like just that alone, just, just the shutting off of pharmaceuticals in our society, could kill thirty million people in the course of just a month or so. I mean, if people don't if people think that we saw some havoc and chaos during COVID, 30 million people all of a sudden dying in a month or two would completely upend the country. I mean, it, it they could they could literally just almost destroy our country without firing a shot. But when we tell like we tell people to like just try to stay off pharma, it's very hard when something like 75% of all, you know, mainstream media ad revenue and social media ad revenue comes from pharmaceutical industries. I saw you re- reshare somebody's, somebody's thing today where they were talking about uh, how we're one of two countries that allow pharmaceutical. Uh, right. Advertisings. Right. Right. What, I mean, what, how, how do we combat that because they seem to have very serious controls
1: right now right I mean yeah New Zealand's the other country I mean we've allowed that to happen since 96 or 97 prior to that there was no vaccines on, or no I'm sorry no pharmaceutical advertisements on the television they run about 80 drug commercials every hour of every single day in this country uh Big Pharma spends 19 times more in advertisers than they do research and so you know to combat that I just say shut the damn TV off get rid of it I don't watch television Mm -hmm. I think it's all indoctrination anyway Mm -hmm. uh but just you know a to combat that is to stop watching television, and shut it off. Uh, but again, I think we need to. Uh, Big Pharma has grown into this monster, and yes. they are they are operating out of their scope of practice. They have they're the most they're probably one of the most powerful industries in the world.
0: Mm-hmm. So it's
1: it's the the way to combat it is that we need to educate people. We need to inspire people that their level of health is really the genetic expression of how they eat, move and think. And if we can just really empower them, take their life, their health in their own hands, that they can be well. I mean, hope is the most powerful drug. If you can encourage those patients to be well, not to become their diagnosis and really focus on lifestyle choices, that is going to be the best thing for them. And so people say, oh, Alan, you're not a doctor. Well, guess what, dude, you're changing people's lives by focusing on lifestyle choices. And that's the most important thing you can do. You don't mm-hmm. have to be a, a doctor to do that. I mean, 99% of your doctors have studied what what, uh, what causes a patient to be sick. Very few have co- uh, studied what it means to be healthy. And that's, again, we need to focus on that. And that's how you shift the model.
0: That's uh, That's outstanding. I. I worry that, like, the we're, we've lost a whole generation of people. Like, I mean, when you look at some of, the, some of the early 20s, I mean, the massive, massive deficit that they're in. A lot of these folks have been morbidly obese since they were children, too, which is something that the government also, in fact, helped enact with uh, the food, the ridiculous food pyramid and anything like that. I don't know one single healthy person that thinks that, process ultra processed carbohydrates is actually a good idea for for children I don't I don't really don't because uh they're obviously very deliterous they cause you know they cause many many metabolic issues especially because they are quite addictive uh, sugar sugar should be seen as an addictive substance in our society if you ask me
1: 100 percent it is
0: but there's also a lot of data coming up now that shows that the longer a person is obese, the worse it is for their cognitive abilities or executive function, everything like that. And now that we have people that have been obese for more than half of their life when they're already in, only in their mid-20s, like that just breeds like irrationality you know, that can be played off of. And whether they realize it or not, I've, I, I, you probably don't know, but I've lost hundred pounds and kept it off for years. I was about 280 pounds power lifter and decided to get healthy because You know, I love my life and want to live a long time. Um, But they know, you know, you know, like when you're that big, you know, you're not good. Like you like you get scared really easy, like any little pitter patter of the heart. You're like, oh, shit. You know, like, is it coming? You know, what I mean, so I know they don't feel good. I just really uh, I, I really am interested to see how they go next. A lot of people are thinking and somebody just actually commented on it that uh, the next pharmaceutical play is because there's so many obese people and that we've gotten people so used to, uh, taking shots now periodically that, you know, the government tells you to, that these weight loss drugs, like Ozempic, the, the, the GLP, uh, are, are going to be the next thing we try to push on society, be this, you know, and I'm just wondering, uh, like how, like, the effort it's going to take to get people to not watch tv to not uh you know to to not do these things to just get out and run especially when it's being completely demonized like i have never in my life understood how it got to the point where i am seen as like toxically masculine for being in shape at 50. uh i i think that that's that's kind of a crazy spot but these drugs could add another trillion dollars onto our uh onto our healthcare expenditure in a year if we don't watch and the, i think you're right that uh, that the pharmaceutical industry is massively just overpowered they, they're they've overpowered our government i believe they own our government right. somebody just recently uh, somebody did say on on a rumble chat that they love the epigenetic approach and the methylization and uh tel- telomers are affected by diet hence gene expression I I, you know, I I would imagine you would know a little bit more about that but the preventative model for healthcare to me is the most cost effective and kindest one as people avoid the illness instead of
1: living with it. You know, 100%. Um, I mean, you know, back to you just mentioned this earlier like, what, what do people need to do? But really, I, I feel like people don't value their health till they get sick, till they get a disease. Mm-hmm. And that's the problem. You know, a, a healthy man has a thousand dreams and wishes, but a sick man has one, right? And it's to get well. We need to value our health now before we get sick and that's the problem we're told that we're sick because of bad genes bad germs and bad luck and that's just bad science you know i remember when germophobia used to be a mental disorder and now it's a virtue right germs mm-hmm. can cause problems right but blaming that on the cause of disease is just bad science and same same with bad luck you know, we need one one percent of pathology can be blamed on genetics, right? Like Down syndrome or cystic fibrosis. Mm-hmm. We don't have a genetic pathology. What we have is a lifestyle acquired disease and disease. I always say dis-ease. Dis means away from a state of ease. We're mm-hmm. moving away from a, a state of ease, and that's a dis-ease. And it's a disturbed condition. It's not a thing or entity like Big Pharma wants to call it. They want to monopolize. Uh, on this, these entities, they want to monopolize on the metabol- metabolic metabolic disorders, the chronic disease. They want to name symptomatology. That's why I hate naming crony baloney. I hate naming the all these variants because all they're going to do is monetize it and create a vaccine for it. Mm-hmm. We need to simplify healthcare. Simplify symptomatology. Just call it for what is what it is. It's just a hyphenese, dis- a disturbed condition and really educate the people. Because, you know, I was taught that flu, uh, the the difference between a a common cold, which is a coronavirus, a common common cold, and, and the flu is a fever. And just get back for what it is. If you got a fever with all that respiratory stuff, then you got a flu. If you got, you know, if you have a respiratory with no fever, you got a cold. And that might be complete, really simple for some folks to wrap their head around. But we need to get get away from naming all the symptomatology, because it, it creates all these variants, and big pharma loves that. But just encouraging, inspiring others to get to value their health now. Your level of health is a continuum. You're either moving towards sickness. And disease are moving towards health and wellness, and the choice is yours. Every choice mm-hmm. you make has a consequence.
0: So you said a little earlier that you you didn't wear a mask. What, what state do you live in? Feel uh,
1: uh, the, the great state of Nebraska. And if you okay. drove through Nebraska, I'm so sorry, but we have the nicest gas stations here, and that's why it's, mm-hmm. our, it's like our apology for you. If you drove through, you made it, but <laughs> a nice, nice gas station.
0: I've never driven through. I hear it's a long drive though. It's um drive. Yes, but. Uh, I live in Florida, so I had like a, an odd perspective. Like I I never owned a mask. I've worn a mask like once or twice uh, when I had to go see my mom in a hospital. They made me mar- and I'm going to go see my mom no matter what. But I used to teach a class when I was in, in, uh, a healthcare executive on properly donning and doffing uh, a mask to avoid self-contamination, right? Uh, because that's an actual real fucking medical thing where if you like contaminate the mask, you're just contaminating your face. And the idea is you sanitize your hands, put a sanitized mask on, sanitize your hands again. Don't touch the mask until you're ready to take it off. Take it off after you sanitize your hands, put in, you know, sanitize them again, put a new one on, blah, blah, blah. Right. And one of the telling things for me was when they even brought that up with that there was no public, you know, no public, uh, like no, you know, public message of how to properly do it. They were just like wear a mask, right? right. I mean, which is just that's that's actually medically negligent because there are deleterious uh, outcomes of w- improperly wearing a mask such as uh you know, self self-contamination, infection, that sort of thing with many 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 things, not just covid, but uh you know, meningitis, bacterial you know, bacterial pneumonia, so so many things. And that was one of my telling things that and like I mean, I just looked at the data and I'm like Whatever. I was, I was under the understanding, and I said this, and this is one of the things that got me canceled. But I said, if COVID is 10 times deadlier than what they even suspect it to be, it still doesn't mean there's a pause switch on the fucking Constitution. Right. You know, like, I mean, if you're scared, you stay in. I'll go about my business. But where the mask thing, do you think that was just about compliance?
1: Or did somebody was somebody actually dumb enough to think that that would help? Both. I mean, 100%. So yes and yes. I mean, you got look back in the Spanish flu they had virtue signaling in the media they had people saying wear a mask or go to jail 100 years ago right this is the same song and dance that they pushed 100 years ago it's all that virtue signaling and if you look at that uh, study that was put out I believe it was by Yale that talked about how to fight vaccine hesitancy that was in 2020. they talked about being patriotic it's a for grandma you're to save grandma all these things like uh, they had like different nine different categories and, and angles to take to get people to, to to combat that hurdle of vaccine hesitancy, but they did the same thing with the mask. So I had people in my church say, Well, you just gotta work if I if I can save one life by wearing that mask, I'm gonna do it. And you know, and to me, it's like you know what? They wanted me to put a mask on my office. and They wanted me to put stickers on my floor and signs on my door. And I said, I'm not doing any of that. And I said, in order for me to do that, that's going to go, it's a massive contradiction to what I believe. And I'm not going to be congruent with my philosophy and my beliefs here. And so I said, I'm not going to wear it. I said, the mask does not do anything. And not only that, with the whole virology thing, I feel like there's a lot of things that we're not being taught in virology when it comes to disease and the cause of disease. And so this whole mask thing, it made zero sense to me. And, you know, and that, that, like you mentioned, like, I, I can't tell you how many patients would wear that the same mask over and over and over. They put the damn thing in their, in their mirror, and they would wear it over and over and over just to they'd put it in the store, take it off, put it in the store, take it off. And, you know, I never wore a mask for the whole pandemic. And here I am.
0: I mean, the thing is, like, people, people literally put the, this mask in their pocket, like, next to their penis, and then pull it out of their fucking pocket and put it back on their face. I'm just like, what the fuck's wrong with you people? Right. 100%. You know, like, it's it got to be so ridiculous. Um, but when you hear people, like, who are supposedly in charge of public health, Fauci, um, the both CDC directors that, 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 have, that have been through this, did a pissed poor job. But Rachel Walensky, uh, she just retired. Um, she should be in jail. Uh, she was in in twenty twenty one in September, she was telling pregnant women that there was they should absolutely get vaccinated, whether they were pregnant, breastfeeding, trying to get pregnant, that it was what was safe for them and their baby. You know, and I just the, that is what and a lot of people don't understand, because you can come at people like me and Dr. Ben Tapper and all like that and many, many others and say, well, you don't know this. You don't know that. I can tell you this right now. There was no no evidence for her to say that, like at all. If anything, uh, even Pfizer's own data said they didn't test for anything dealing with pregnancy. And here she is uh, being the director of the CDC telling pregnant women to, in fact, get vaccinated. People don't seem to understand that is actual medical malpractice, like uh, on a massive, massive scale. She is robbing people of informed consent by openly lying based off of zero data. What, and you would probably know this a little bit better than me, because I think you're more on on that side of it. What is being done to try to hold these people accountable for these blatant
1: lies? Well, there's lawsuits, first and foremost. We have lawsuits, and that's the, I feel like that's the best area of attack. I mean, personally, I just I got all this frustration uh, built up, and I feel kind of helpless. I just, you know, I want to shout at the rooftops, and, you know, and it, it makes me just, it, it, it infuriates me. And, you know, I'd love to just see Dr. Fauci in person and just have a word with him, you know, or even Bill Gates. It's like, but, you know, what do you do? And I feel like the best area of attack right now is is to to go to the court system and, and fight these people. And so that's what we're doing. I mean, we're we're suing, you know, a lot of these industries and almost the cartel because of, for what they did against, you know, the, uh, with silencing and censorship and, and, and violation of the First Amendment. But again, I mean, you got a lot of of people um, that are, are that feel helpless, and so we need to, I, you know. I feel like go to the court systems like Pfizer, you know, they've paid out the largest settlement in us history for bribing Mm -hmm. physicians and politicians to lie to the people about pharmaceuticals that they knew full well were killing people and harming Mm -hmm. people. But yet here they are. And they're, they're this great philanthropist company industry that are pushing and saving lives. It's like, are we, we're not, we're not living in a clown world right now that a company that can have such a absolute evil track record that, you know, they paid $430 million in court for testing pharmaceuticals on children in Nigeria without the parents consent. Are you kidding me? Dude, yeah. If that was my children. If they Maybe did that, that to my kids, I would just I would be up in arms, man. I would be so uh, I would be,
0: be uh, Sir, they I mean, for and my audience knows me, they would be inventing words for right. what I would do. Like, I mean, right. they, like, they, like the, the current vernacular for the level of crazy violence I would get to Right. Somebody experimented on my child without without my knowledge that I would like I that's would more. take it to I, I would take it to a level likely never, ever seen before. Like, right. I mean, like because that's where it but that's my thing is, that's where it needs to go. These we. we society, the world was pushed, coerced into taking an experimental gene therapy made by corrupt companies in a historically corrupt industry with no liability and in a fraction of the time for a cold, mm-hmm. like for a cult, And then we booted people out of our military for not taking it. Like it is the most ridiculous statement. If somebody would have told me when I was in healthcare that this would have happened, I would have been like, get out of here. People aren't that stupid. People are that stupid. I mean, people lining up for four and five and six of these jabs when there's no evidence that they work at all. They open lie about the well, the president, quote unquote, of the United States. Said if you get these vaccines, you're not going to get covid, you're not going to die from covid, you're not going to get people sick based on what? Because that was not that was not even ever even studied. So at some point in time, people are going to have to come to the rationale that either the pharmaceutical industry lied to the government and then the government kind of transposed that lie to us, that the government openly lied to the people without data to support their lies, or they worked together to lie to the people. But at some point in time, lies were told by the president of the United States, by the CDC director, by the head of the NIH, to the people, lies, lies with no actual support. And I just, I, I think that, you know, I thank you for coming on too, because I think we need to have like conversations like this need to happen. This is a real world thing. And I challenge anybody that's gonna watch this and I'm sure Dr. Tapper would, would not mind coming back on. If you feel that you have have the data and evidence to refute what we have said, I challenge anybody to a public open statement. I often say on this channel that I am, I am not a medical doctor. I literally, I, I help people lose weight for a living and keep myself healthy enough that my doctor wants me as his coach. But I can tell you this, with the notes I have on my phone and their data, I could destroy Anthony Fauci in public debate in under 10 minutes, mm-hmm. like destroy him. Like the CDC director, I would have her buried in under five minutes because she would not be able to respond back how like people like you and people like uh dr john ianitis i'm sure you're uh i'm sure you're familiar with him dr john ianitis produced a study based uh based off the serolo- serology of it like the based off antibodies that showed that this was the same like COVID
1: was the seasonal flu or less common cold uh, i have pathology books microbiology books that talk about how this is a common cold and i'm going to tell you something I've been in this industry for a long time, fighting the corruption here for over a decade. My dad, before me, he passed the baton on to me. And I can tell you for a fact, they are taking away links that I had. I had a library of vaccines, a whole library of Google, and they destroyed most of it. They've taken away my links. They've taken away the information. They're silencing and censoring um, like they've never done before. And I'm telling you, people are like, well, show me the studies. You know, I'm like, how about I give you about a thousand different testimonials? You know, science is observational. It's not how you feel. It's not what you think. This whole, I believe in science, garbage bumper sticker. Oh my God. Yes. It's it's a bumper sticker slogan for you to stop asking questions and for you and to discourage you from having a dialogue. Science is observational and it welcomes dialogue. Not only that, the whole bumper sticker slogan that vaccines are safe and effective, it is it goes to show you how powerful those slogans are because guess what people don't question it it's safe and effective they parrot the tv they parrot fauci they parrot so-called biden and it's like you know they they parrot these people and then they don't, they don't ask any questions it's infuriating and it's really an insult to our intelligence an insult to science an insult to healthcare. and those people that push the vaccine and telling everyone it's safe and effective, they have no track record of it. It's an experimental vaccine. It's never been on the market ever before. It's new technology that's never been seen before. Mm -hmm. And are you kidding me? Now we're giving it to babies and now we're giving it to mamas in utero. Are you effing kidding me, dude? These things, and it's just pure evil and people need to wake up. People need to
0: realize that they are the experiment. Like I mean I I I would refer to myself as in the control group. Amen. I'll, I'll be in your I'll,
1: Yes, right. I'll,
0: I'll be in the control group because you're not I and people it got so political. People like because even like I remember saying in mid twenty in June of twenty twenty, I I I have a post on my on my Twitter. I was like, I don't care who's president. I, I'm i not taking it. Like I'm 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 gonna wait 10, 15, 20 years to see how all of Yins do. Because like we don't know what's going to like, we have no idea what's going to happen. We still have no idea what's going to happen at the five year mark. People could just like a huge group of people could just die. Uh, I mean like literally like just die, especially with the spike protein, uh, you know, showing up, showing up in heart tissue, stuff like that. And I just, I, I really think that like people need to like grasp, like you're the experiment. Like you, you guys are, we, we, we're part of it. Like me, people like me and you, because we're the control group. I just find it amazing that people like me and you appear to be physically a uh, shit ton healthier than the people that are, you know, for the most part that are very diehard, you know, vaccine people. And mm-hmm. I, I just, it made me th- like, I'll never, like, I'll never get the flu vaccine again. I stopped getting the flu vaccine the second I was done in the healthcare industry about five years ago, because every year I got the flu vaccine, I had to, to visit the hospitals that that are that were in my region. I would get the flu so fucking bad. It was incredible. And not only would I get it once, I would normally get it twice because I was regional Uh, I was basically a regional vice president. So I would get the flu strain that was in Florida, and I would get the flu strain that was in New York. So twice a year, like back to back, I'd end up getting the flu again. I just find it, um, I really find it uh, refreshing to talk to somebody that like, I, i and again, to the audience, I don't have people on here that just wanna agree with me. I can't get people on here that disagree with me. Like they know that their conversation, they know that they cannot support their stances Therefore, they avoid the conversation. Whereas you see people like Dr. Tapper and myself doing what we can to try to enlighten people to this was a cold. Even if it wasn't, your freedom is worth more than cold. Like I, my, my freedom is vastly more, 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 uh, more to me than my life. I'm going to die a free man. I can guarantee that. I'm, I, I live in the freest state in the country so far, and I'm going to die a free man. I will not. I will not allow myself to be enslaved by these people. And. Being uh, on daily pharmaceuticals also is a form of slavery. If they they can control that out of you, it is a form of slavery. Do your very best to be as healthy as you can to avoid that. And I try to keep these under like right around an hour. So I just wanted to, any last thoughts and where can everybody find you to follow you? Because I found this to be amazingly insightful. I'd love to have you back on again. Um, And uh, I, I just cannot thank you enough for your time, sir. So please tell everybody where they can find you and any last words you got.
1: Yeah, Alan, well, thanks for having me on. First and foremost, you know, I want to say two things here. The, no emergency of any kind or any pandemic of any kind supersedes our inalienable rights of the Constitution, of the freedoms in our Constitution, and it, when in doubt, err on the side of freedom. Okay. And so the most important thing is, and I'm for the grace of individuals, and that's the or the grace of minorities, and that's the individual. We need to protect our freedoms and liberties now more than ever before, and be proactive in this fight. Your voice matters. You know, that's the biggest thing, not to be discouraged, even though it seems like the world's going to SHIT right now. I mean, we need to put our faith in, to this guy right behind me. Uh, that's the most important thing, that this is a spiritual warfare. Uh, but also, it doesn't take a majority to prevail, like Sam Adams stated. But it takes a rather an irate, tireless minority, lighting the brush fires of freedom in the minds of the people. We are on the right side of history. We're on the right side of truth. As long as we be proactive in this fight, we are the land of the free and home as long as we stay home with the brave and so we need to be bold and courageous God calls us to be bold and courageous now and your voice is needed the soil for truth is rich and the biggest thing if you heard me speak or Alan speak if you're dealing with a health issue or a disease or a circumstance or a situation I just pray I pray for you I pray for healing I also pray for for encouragement. To give you hope that your body's ability to overcome disease and situations is, to, is far greater than anyone has permitted you to believe. You can be well if you give the body what it needs. You can find me on Instagram at Dr. Ben Tapper, Twitter Dr. Ben Tapper. Just search for me. i probably censored in Shadow Band. Um, go to our. Uh, well,
0: you, I had to search for you.
1: Yes, and it, it's unfortunate, but you know, uh, you can go to our movie, uh, watch our film, The Time Is Now. Movie. The time is now. movie. If you feel like donating, we are working on future projects. So that helps us get out uh, and get more interviews and more content. So, Alan, thanks so much for having me. And God bless you, friend.
0: Thank you very much, sir. And I look forward to talking to you again. And thank you, everybody, for joining. This will be up on my Spotify channel, Alan Roberts Uncensored. It will be coming off of YouTube because I can guarantee you they'll take it off if I don't get it off. So, I hope all of you have a great day. And thank you, sir, very much, one more time. It was my absolute honor. Thank you.
1: Thank you, now.